the Protect Your Neck Podcast. Live MMA chat number two. Weekly fight recs, weekly technique focus, and MMA news. Strap in. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. What's going on, everybody? Dan Tom here. We are live. Just going to get a quick tweet as I simultaneously test for some sound. We'll get going. How are you guys doing? Hopefully quarantine is going well. Uh, We're all not going too crazy. We'll talk about some people that maybe, you know, uh, (laughs) maybe are. So as I tweet this live link out, we'll get started with the topics listed above, and hopefully more of you will start to pile in. We can make the show a bit more interactive. All right. Got that. Discard. Yeah, we'll be talking about what's in the news very briefly, but also going to introduce some topics so we're just not talking about all the COVID-19 nonsense going to give you guys five lightweight fights worth revisiting at least you know in my opinion um and you can agree or disagree with me there and uh, also going to list five of my favorite half guard practitioners in mma five fighters who make the half guard work very uh very well boy i hate doing this twitter uh twitter desktop here it is annoying all righty there we are perfecto all right, live now. Amateur hour, I know. Don't let the young face fool you, folks. I'm like closer to like a boomer, you know, minus the political beliefs and all that stuff, because that's not what we discuss here. All right, folks, what we do discuss are the topics. Let me take these silly things off. Hopefully, you guys uh, can hear me. All right. All righty. All right, again, topics, like I said, uh, we're going to be doing our weekly focus. So again, kind of like I said, our first show, these uh, live MMA chats, if you will, we're going to do these instead of breakdown shows, which is traditionally with the Protect Connect podcast. And I do uh, kind of breaking down live events. We don't really have uh, live events to really look forward to right now, except for UFC 249, which we will discuss that as a talking point, the proverbial super card that, that Dana White's teasing. Where is it going to go? Who could it possibly feature? What about the existing cards? What about other things that happen? You know, like, Fighters have to go to the hospital and all that nonsense. Um, we'll be touching on that as well. But yeah, we're going to be doing these kind of live chats here just instead of the breakdown shows. And when the breakdown shows come back, these kind of you know MMA live chats will be more like recap shows and we'll come back and do these after the event. But until that happens, I'm going to be doing weekly recs and a weekly focus. So again, I already gave you guys... Well, I will give you guys the recommendations, but I already stated what the topic will be. Uh, five lightweight fights to revisit and weekly focus, you know, MMA's best half guard players. Now, I'm going to be going to be dancing around these topics a little bit as far as um, uh, as far as, uh, you know, top fives go. Because, again, I also do top five shows via the Protect Connect podcast. And we truncate those into nice video versions for you over at MMAJunkie.com for the Fight Vault uh, series, Fight Vault Flashbacks. 
the fight vault, if you will. So um, we won't be overtreading on those topics. So I'll, I'll have to be careful there. But um, with your help, hopefully, feel free to you know uh, comment in the chat whether you have a top five topic. I'll do my best to jot it down. In fact, I'll be doing a top five this weekend uh, with my buddy Jordan Killian. I will tweet out that top tomorrow. But that topic was actually given to us by uh, by uh, at Brascheck there over at the MMA Analysis Podcast. He actually. Uh, shot me a really good one. We're going to tackle that one. Got some more coming with you later. Hey, thanks for saying hi, James. James Lynch, one of the best journalists. If you're not following him or subscribing his channels, I don't know what you're doing. Like I tweeted earlier this week, uh, James is one of the best, whether you're a fan or you're um, trying to get into this uh, crazy business. So I don't know why you would, but if you are, James is a guy to follow. Thanks, James. Oh, too, too kind, too kind. He's saying some nice things that I'm not going to repeat because I'm too self-deprecating, but I appreciate it, James. And yeah, so so that that'll be our kind of um, repertoire here. And again, I'm not going to be I'm not a, a doctor. I'm not an authoritative figure. I don't think of myself as either. Believe me. So if we do talk about current events, it will be tethered to MMA. We're not going to get lost into that rabbit hole. Plenty of options for you to get lost there. Um, all right. Off the top, I actually put this one at the top because it's kind of what's been getting talked about. I mean, like <laughs> you just turn on the Twitter timeline and, you know, you're worried about more COVID-19 talk and political stuff. And oh no, what does Twitter have in store for us today? Don't you worry. Don't you fret. MMA is going to MMA. MMA has stayed the same. Uh, so we've got John Jones popping off rounds from a Glock 44. I didn't, I mean, I knew Glock has expanded its caliber over the last like decade and beyond. Um, I'm sure gun nuts can, can come at me there and and explain it much better but yeah glock 44 that's a it's a nice piece he was he was he was he was toting there and fortunately was firing it off while drinking jorge masvidal's mezcal you know i i do like jorge masvidal's mezcal i have a bottle myself um <laughs> my mom made me toast to her uh you know when, when she got out of surgery that okay um you know that's how i used it to celebrate john jones you know he gets behind the wheel of a car and pops off rounds we've Tomato, tomato. Everybody has their own uh, has their own uh, has their own way to do things. So, not much you can say there, right? Uh, Perry uh, released a video of him KOing somebody, and I went and Richland, I'm just like, okay, maybe Mike Perry's so bored that he's like, I got this sweet video. It's been about ten years, you know. Uh, you know, they can't be prosecuted for this anymore, or whatever. The, the amount of time, right? Statute of limitations passed, or you know, like Mike Perry really is gonna. Think about the statute of limitations, but I don't know. He's got he's got experience with the legal system, is all I'm saying. I I would hope that would come across, but but no, he, he posts like a video that looks like yesterday or something, like the weekend before when people were still congregating at clubs, and I didn't see what takes place before or after. But essentially, if anybody's striking a physical pose or anything, it's actually Perry, and of course he throws the first and really only punch. It was one and done, and it was it was rough to watch, especially when their head goes back and hit. And again, I know. In the wrong business here uh, if I'm weak stomach to head trauma. But I'm also sensitive to head trauma because, uh, you know, your boy suffered it himself too. So when I'm going to use air quote stealing, allegedly, um, medical supplies that were donation, obviously went through this app to pick up a, a free couch and whatnot. I'm not familiar with the app, but those things don't surprise me. And I guess there was some uh, medical supplies for donation left. Well, uh, without a note, according to Ashley Evans Smith's side of the story, and uh, there was some drama there. If you follow those posts, um, just, you know, make sure you read uh, everything and then see all the interviews and hear both sides before you make judgment there. But 
you know, then you kind of loop all that together. It's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, kind of crazy. Like, uh, you, you, uh, can't say MMA is missing a beat during this quarantine. Um, let's, uh, let's attach some, uh, well, well, we'll do the workout stuff at the end, actually. Dana White, Supercard Promise, UFC 249. So, of course, Dana White um, still doubling down on, on the promise to make it happen. And, you know, Tony Habib is one of the only fights that get even a jaded, you know, mf -er like myself all, all jacked up. So I'm with you guys there. I want to see it. Um, I, I don't want it to be cursed, but I also want to see them at their best. And, you know, a lot of people are raising the point of how training camp's going. I saw Aljamain Sterling's tweet getting passed around there. And obviously he's not the only one, but he is more uh, of a spotlighted uh, character, uh, obviously. So it, it, it makes sense that it's being shared around. And it's essentially saying, you know, my gym's closed. How am I supposed to train for a fight and whatnot? We're seeing fighters get creative. Um whatnot uh you know i think i was watching uh you know some fighters are couples like for example ufc's uh, emily uh, whitmire and uh, johnny case <laughs> so they're working out together like that's that's great if you're you're cooped up with another fighter um uh that's awesome you know um the girl I'm cooped up with kickbox i'm trying to get her to grapple now you know and stuff like that like you you got to make ends do but i'm not training for a fight people that are doing quarantine workouts which will talk about uh briefly uh, again i'm going to try to keep all these under 30 minutes um you know that's great and, and i encourage everybody to do those things uh for for their health but we're talking about getting into a cage fight here and uh that's that's going to be real interesting and you know some fighters are going to want to do it anyways they've got mouths to feed they're dedicated to uh, you know uh, their ideology cause motivations all those things that's fine that's their decision but you got to wonder, are we going to be getting a subpar, subpar product? And regardless of these fights, which I'll throw some fantasy and fun speculation in a second here, so it won't be all doom and gloom or anything, folks. But you do got to wonder. It's like, okay, like I want an awesome fight too. But like, especially like in a fight that, that, that promises a lot of action to be quote unquote awesome and enjoyable, like a Khabib versus Tony Ferguson. Um, you guys seen a lot of Ferguson's recent fights right i mean i mean first of all khabib will dominate and beat on people that will be enough to perhaps send them to the hospital afterwards but if you watch ferguson fights i mean it's like he throws them in the ninja blender and they don't come out the same they come out very bloody and cut up so it makes me wonder like am i going to be in good conscience one you know enjoying these fights knowing what's going on we all kind of faced our own Morality, albeit it wasn't as serious to some of us when UFC Brasilia was going down, but we're going to have to face that question regardless. But I'm saying like, and now if you even peel the onion further, like, okay, so now we're here. We made the sacrifice. We all made this complicit agreement. The fighters made their agreement. We're enjoying these fights. Now an awesome fight is happening. And it's like, am I going to be enjoying the fighters? Pardon me going, oh, fuck. Now these guys got to go to the hall. Pardon my French. It's going to be, we work on the cursing of this channel. <laughs> Bear with me. Um, you know, and, and you know, when you go to the hospital now, it's not good. Like my, my, my stepdad actually uh, had to go to the hospital. Unfortunately, that pancreatitis and bowel buildup, I'll spare you the details, but it was for good reason. Um, and they did a great job and I didn't go there um, to drop them. Off. I wasn't the person dropping them off or picking them up. But from what it sounds like hospitals are already taking precaution, like splitting the hospitals in half um, as far as staff patients to just keeping, you know, uh, COVID-19 separate from, general pop or at risk uh which was you know my stepfather he's you know vietnam vet elderly uh breathing problems copd 
uh, pre-existing and was in the ICU for completely different things. So super at risk. He's back home. He's safe. But again, uh, makes you not just it made me not just aware, not that I needed that awareness or reminder. Believe me, I've been taking this seriously, but it it, it it reminds you of what people are talking about. It's not just some Twitter talking point for woke points, folks. I mean, it's the the the, the medical systems aren't aren't great. We can point fingers and uh, and and all that. That's not what this show's about. That's not what I'm about. Um, and but I'm not trying to stop you from doing so. But I'm just saying the the bigger implication of instead of blaming let's just think of the the bigger implication which is people as a whole all of us and the effect so we'll be sending you know while these hospital workers are having to spray out lysol and use their same face masks over and over again because their ppe personal protective equipment is really insufficient for many reasons again not going to get into that this isn't the show for that they're struggling to keep up. You've got places like New York that are already, you know, reporting, you know, really just awful things. And I'm, I'm not going to get too down deep into the rabbit hole. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. But and so now it's like, oh, wait, hold on, guy. Hold on. Hold on, Becky. We, we, we got more people coming in the ER. What from? Oh, a cage fight. Wait, what? Yeah. yeah these guys, they randomly, they, they volunteered. These men and women voluntarily fought in the cage while, while we're trying to save lives here. Now, now they are part of the workload, too. And um and yeah, and then those fighters and they're what happens to them is then they also get exposed on their end, God forbid. So, um, but you know, again, hopefully things die down. If any sport can return, um, MMA slash the UFC with their control of production and just having this game down to a beat. Yes, they are. And I'm obviously, I, I work in this industry. So what's good for them business wise is good for me. Um, but I don't, for better or worse, I don't think like that. I think more for the greater uh, general good. So hopefully let's just, I'm just listening to what's going on um, and we'll see what changes and what doesn't. And um, as far as that goes, I'm not trying to, um, again, I, I don't agree with it, but I'm also not trying to sit here and, and hoist, you know, have a pitchfork and, 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 uh, and a torch lit. And that's not my game. I'm trying to think more of, of solutions or possibilities but yeah that is a possibility that i can't stop thinking of like as far as throwing a card you know um sooner than later as for the card itself though sorry got hung up on that there's talks about uh yaya rosenstruck versus francis ninganu ninganu of course got a test that he is clear he's training with my dude over there um eric nixick over at extreme couture he's in good hands good access to a facility uh and, which has been you know they shut their doors, but again, unlimited, limited case-by-case uh, -case scenarios, whether it be fighters or private practice. I'm sure a lot of gyms are, are still operating in some capacity. But um, but one thing I do wonder, and again, I'm wishing, I'm sure Francis is following protocol outside of training programs. There's not much places to go, although people are out on the streets a lot here in Vegas. I don't know how it's by you folks, but like you got to wonder. It's like, okay, so like if they do test the fighters ahead of time for this card and everybody passes the test. Okay, are you testing them on fight week and you're gambling that they were all going to pass the test? So what about their cornermen, the people they travel with? And maybe the exposure doesn't show up yet, but it shows up through later in the fight week. Or you get these tests out ahead of time. And even if you do do it for the cornerman, okay, and the fighters, and let's just say they all come back negative. What happens even just within one week of that test coming back positive and them doing everything they got to do, including traveling on an airplane, on an incubated tube with recycling air, X amount of hours to X location? 
you know um I'm all for testing. I think testing is the most logical answer until we we, we get we get the cure for this thing. I'm not saying it's not. I th hopefully everybody gets drive up testing and all these different types of testing and that it's free, uh, all these things. But that still is not exactly you know the answer. Now again, you can keep going down that rabbit hole. We'll never have fights again, Dan. Okay, I get it. I get it. I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm just saying these these, these are real thoughts. Um, but past the doom and gloom, if you start st stacking people like you know Rosenstruck. And uh, well, inside, inside shout there for Technic podcast listeners, or you know, Ninganu. Um, yeah, definitely spices up the card. But what, what about the existing fights? Some of them are already kind of guaranteed. You know, uh, Dana was talking about Rose and Andrade too, um, is still guaranteed, and he was, was even saying the co main event, which is kind of surprising. So you've got Rosenstruck and Ninganu still postponed five round main event, presumably training for a five rounder, <clears throat> and they get. The, and it's not like Rose and Andrade uh, are a title fight. Now, I love Rose and Andrade, so I'm not complaining. Believe me, give the ladies a spotlight. I'm all for it. I'm just saying it's going to get real hairy on how this card kind of gets shuffled together. So I think they're calling it super card, but I think it's going to be more apt, apt to be called shuffle card. Okay. So things could get shuffled. Um, and that's all I'm, um, that, that, you know, if they book it, you know, I, I, I'll have something to cover, you know, uh, you know, uh, hopefully a great fight to watch. But I'm, I'm not sure how much I'm going to be able to enjoy that great fight, knowing what the consequences and looming consequences are of throwing an event right now. All right. Weekly Rex five lightweight fights worth revisiting. Um, let's see. 17. All right. We're, we're just over halfway through. Not too bad. All right. Um so I got some from kind of all over the board. There's, there's, uh, I did have one for Bellator, but it was pretty obvious, which was Michael Chandler versus Eddie Alvarez one. So I took that off because I do have Eddie Alvarez in here. Um, in fact, for a dream fight, Eddie Alvarez versus Tatsuya Kawajiri. Now I was debating between this one and Joaquim Hellboy Hanson. Uh, look at me. I'm already breaking the rules. I'm going to give you more than five here, which was another fun fight that took place, I believe right after this one. But um, Eddie Alvarez essentially was on his way up. He came out of nowhere and like stormed his way out of the rankings. Um, I'm not sure if he already beat or, or avenged. Uh, 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 oh, he got, he got, I mean, he got submitted by, by uh, Aoki, but uh, he, uh, yeah, he was, he was on the rise and he was kind of just booming into the rankings and Kawajiri, you know, um, after, you know, suffering a loss started kind of fighting a bit more conservative. So we weren't sure what we were going to get. Uh, and he initially starts off trying to control Alvarez like he kind of did his three previous opponents. And you just see this fight go to a steady build that is just insane. Um, it's a, essentially just two wrestle boxers uh, from certain senses from different parts of the world just colliding. Because um, Alvarez, um, although he you know would use his wrestling in UFC uh, tenure, a part of his career, you know, against fights like Pettis and stuff, we've seen him leaning on it heavy. Excuse me. Because he wrestled when he was younger, um, and we, we were seeing him use a lot of his wrestling, but it's usually more for a kind of a, um, a you know a, a release valve of sorts to release pressure or to change up how he is applying said pressure. We're still seeing the amazing looping uppercuts, hooks, the body work. Oh, the body work from the clinch, the dirty boxing from Alvarez, and then Alvarez, of course, in vintage Eddie form, also getting stunned himself, dropped to the point where he's coming forward, and like Alvarez gets dropped, and he's like on his knees, swinging still like a Rock'em Sock'em Robot. I mean, it was it was insane. Definitely go check that one out. Um, Spencer Fisher versus Sam Stout, too. Uh, they, they fought a trilogy, and they're really all not bad fights at all. 
but the rematch is arguably the best one. Um, you know, uh, the first fight uh, happened at UFC 58 or 59. I think it was like that US, USA versus Canada card, right? And Stout took that one. And Spencer Fisher, even though he didn't really want to use it as an excuse, he did kind of take that fight on um, somewhat uh, short notice, I believe, if, if how, the, how the story goes. And then um, and then in this other one, he was training for with Pulver at the time, who was getting ready for Penn 2007 for their, the rematch. And Spencer Fisher gets the opportunity to fight Sam Stout again. And Fisher gets cut, like, really bad. And you're kind of worried, like, how much the judge is going to weigh that. And his eye gets really messed up. Um, actually, I think it's his left eye. And um, and and but he's he's coming forward, you know, elbows, punches, knees, just southpaw pressure from Spencer Fisher. I mean, doing the Ric Flair woo before the crowd did it, you know, before it got super annoying, you know, of course, because Spencer Fisher's from North Carolina. So go check out that one. UFC fight night. Um, God, I don't have it off my top of my head, maybe 10 or something. It was like one of the early ones. Wow, I think. Yeah, uh, we got also uh Takanori Gomi versus Jens Polar. Uh, this was um, uh, was it Shockwave 2004? I believe off the top of my head. Usually I have it in notes. I didn't do my notes as good as my like my top five shows. Not as extensive here, but uh, it's a great card. I was just talking about this card with somebody on uh, on Twitter, and uh, I always say go to Gomi versus Pulver. Um, not just because it's like two the legendary lightweights who started the division. Like you got you know, if it's like a Mount Rushmore lightweight division, you got to have like Gomi and Pulver on. Of course, BJ Penn would be on there as well. But, you know, Gomi and Pulver are definitely dudes who who would be on there. And I also say for body work, you know, uh, I did the fight Volt flashback with uh, Mark Hominick versus Eve Jabouin, uh Featherweight fight, granted, but was talking about even like back when that fight happened in 2008 or 2009, like MMA striking, obviously, it's never been up to the levels like K1 kickboxing or, or, or boxing. But um especially back then you really didn't see stuff like body work slick uh slips um really just head movement and combinations in sensible conjunction you really didn't see those things kind of taking place and um this isn't quite as technical as that albeit it's excusably much earlier even than the wec meeting between uh hominick and jabouin but Gomi and Pulver is a great example of body work. You see a lot of great body work in there and a body and the, it's the body work that quietly actually opens up the finish. Um, spoilers is like something that only seems to be getting worse these days and even worse now during quarantine. Uh, so if you don't, for whatever reason, you don't know the result of this, uh, just go watch it. Don't look at the result. I won't bottle for you. It's a fun fight. Eves Edwards versus Josh Thompson, UFC 49. I mean, how, how, how do you not? That, I mean, one of the ultimates on the Bob O'Reilly reel with the way that ends. Again, if you've been living on a different planet for all these years and you're not aware of what I'm talking about, avoid the spoilers. You're not going to get any from me because I actually respect those things. And go enjoy yourself a damn good fun fight. And you will see why. I don't know if anybody's like ever like laid all this out, but you'll see why that uh, the finish of this fight is like one of those forever things on the Bob O'Reilly highlight reel. And if it, they took it off, well, I, I'm confident to say that it will have the longest. It has and will have the longest run of any highlight. Let's see if this coffee is too hot. Ah, shout out to Four Sigmatic Coffee. Brain all. All right, um, and lastly, but not leastly, Jim Miller versus Joe Lowe's on one, UFC 155, John Anik's first pay-per-view call. Um, and that was also, was that was that Velasquez to Santos 3? What's up, Danish Khan? Dan, where can we watch the old dream events? I haven't seen them on Fight Pass. Yeah, those ones you can't find on Fight Pass, unfortunately. However, the ones that I recommended, um, 
I mean, man, the whole events would be nice, wouldn't they? Boy, you know better than me. But as far as like the individual fights, you can find that Coward Jerry and even that Joaquin Hansen fight uh, on YouTube. They got it in, in full. I mean, maybe sometimes you get that, like, that, that daily motion link when you use the old Google Pass. But yeah, that that, that is a, it. Shouts, Danish Khan. Thanks for, thank you for joining the chat once again. Um, but yeah, uh, I was doing Miller Lozon and I was actually playing it. Um, it was great because, you know, Again, I'm jealous if you haven't seen these fights, you get to go back and watch it for the first time. But if you don't, like, play these fights for somebody who haven't seen these fights that, like, are just getting into the sport, and it's 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 a reward in itself. Um, uh, again, um, the girlfriend here was, you know, she's into kickboxing, but she doesn't know a lot on MMA and hasn't watched a lot. So I played her Miller vs. Lozon, and she was just blown away. Like, this is an insane fight. And I played it for her for a specific reason because when we were sparring, she's orthodox and southpaw, and especially play sparring, like the Muay Thai style play sparring, um, I really like to do instead of like leg kicks, uh, inside leg kicks one because it's uh, oftentimes I find myself in the open, um, the open, uh, open mirrored stance uh, where w one person is orthodox and the other southpaw, I'm the southpaw, so I'll do the inside leg kick. Oftentimes, I like to do it more of an off-balance sweep low. It looks like it's like you're going toward the calf, but it's more you're just kind of hooking between from the bottom of the calf down through the Achilles to the ankle. Anywhere in there, you're going low because it's sensitive, but you're not even swinging that hard. You're actually hooking up with it. And if you watch Jim Miller versus Joe Lozon, we remember the amazing fight as we should. We remember Joe Lozon's scissor, uh, you know, scissor sweep into a heel hook attempt at the end. Uh, that was very reminiscent to like how Anderson lost uh, back in Pride to, uh, oh my God, that name, that's going to bother me. It's going to bother me. Why'd you reference something you can't think of, Dan? But we remember the Joe Lozon doing that to Jim Miller, but the, the constant theme of that fight was that inside leg kick. It, it off balances and it runs them right into the check hook and you've got a left-handed return that you can do head, body, or up elbow as Jim Miller was spamming beautifully in that fight. So go back and watch those fights. 25 minutes. All right, we're going to wrap with uh, the weekly focus and um, some workout uh, uh, workout regime slash playlist stuff. A quick notes on that, and we'll be out of here. Um, feel free to you know jump in. Uh, as you can see, I've been answering or addressing anybody who jumps in whenever. No rules here. The uh, lunatics run the asylum, just like on the podcast, Protect Your Neck podcast. You can find on iTunes. Go to mixedmarshallanalyst.com. has a link to that. has a link to the Onnit click-through, the Amazon click-through. We all need vitamins and protein from Onnit. I know everybody's using Amazon. Um, some, you know, there's a lot of a lot of companies are keeping their doors open. Uh, you know, uh, it, you know, uh, without shame. Whereas, like. I was like, I, I can never be ahead of these companies because I can't even like ask for money for my measly podcast. So since I'm terrible at that and don't feel like I deserve it, a good way if you want to support the show, you just click through for your shopping at mixedmarshallanalyst.com, whether it's Amazon or on it, a small percentage comes back to help this channel, uh, my podcast as well. And you don't got to spend a dime and I don't got to feel guilty for asking you for anything. Deal? Deal. All right. Uh, the weekly was on um, best half guards. So I did five. Uh, different fighters and they all use different style of half guards. So I'm going to go five to one starting at number five. We have Ioana and Jacek. You didn't expect to hear that name. Did you? Ioana and Jacek for the defensive hands. Rio Chonin. Thank you, Danish Khan. You, you man, Rio Chonin. How did I forget Rio Chonin? Hey, that real creepy eye. All right, Dan, come on. Let's not knock the guy. You forgot his name. All right. But <laughs> Ioana and Jacek for the defensive half guard. 
Um, as I as I detail a lot, my let's see Benjamin in the background. Apologies. So I detail a lot of my breakdowns uh, on Yen Jacek fights. She's really good about it. Even like when girls have got her down in a, in a half guard, we'll see her re-swim her leg back in, uh, get it back in play, get into a half guard, come up to a single, almost like somebody else on this list, uh, except instead of using it to continue grappling, the single leg sweep, she uses the single leg to stand because, again, I, I stress that single leg is one of the safest positions that I may, even if you can't get the takedown or that's not your game, it hides your head while you recover. Um, and don't get me wrong, some wrestlers still stop that. Uh, but, uh, but, you know. Uh, Jacare Souza, number four. Now, Jacare Souza, obviously, I mean, anything grappling, you could put Jacare Souza and probably come up with a good argument, and no one's really going to question you. But uh, Jacare Souza, he uses not just the half guard as a launching point, like a launching pad. I mean, you go look at the Chris Camozzi finish, uh, finishes, but uh, especially the last one from the armbar. I mean, it's from a half guard. And not only a half guard, Jacare will actually use the um, double wrist lock catch wrestling there F uh figure four uh, grip uh you know uh a kimura grip sorry uh called double wrist lock from catch wrestling um but he used the kimura grip and he'll kind of launch from there and it's not even going for the kimura half the time though don't get me wrong he can rip a kimura um i mean dude can dude can rip a kimura believe me but he uses it um I, I, you know like look at the birdie look at the birdie look over here because i want this over here just like a lot of guys like the Yonka Browse, a lot of these guys from the Nova and Yao camp, if you notice how like the, the Hakran Diaz is, uh, how they'll pass, they'll use the head and arm choke. They don't want the head and arm choke. They're threatening the head and arm choke because they want you focused. Oh, I got to get my arm out of the head and arm choke. But really, they're just passing the mount, passing the side control. They want something else. They just want you to focus up here. And it's really smart. Jacare does the same thing. Randy Couture, obviously, you know, to, you know, um, do the Mike, the Mike Goldberg uh, soundboard. Um, he likes to work from the Turk. Uh, it's very true. Um, obviously, like Mike Goldberg would point out a lot on those classic uh, Randy Couture fights, you'll see him working people against the fence, and it's very hard for them to get up uh, because he was really good at pinning. Um, he was really good at pinning uh, the leg and working ground and pound. Now, Habib could very easily be on this list. Um, as well, uh, but so, uh, he is not because I was going to tie him into the Randy Couture talk here. And what I like about what Khabib does is not only does he do the, the Dagestani handcuff, which was always pretty much just a cross wrist ride variation. Um, uh, as, as far as, you know, um, as, as far as how I was taught it. Um, but if you look, there's also a small detail. He does it really well in the Michael Johnson fight. And Marcelo Garcia would always teach this detail, um, at least the very few classes I was lucky enough to go there when I lived in New York. And it's about pinning the leg right below or right above the knee, I should say, on the inside of the thigh. Um, and Randy would do that with a more traditional way. Uh, Habib kind of just almost like just slices his shin across and just, just stamps it down there. It's another quiet detail. Everyone's focused on the... Everyone's focused on the uh, Dagestani handcuffs, but there's the, the, there is a leg pin uh, from a particular spot just above the knee. In fact, it hurts anybody who grapples and has someone that knows how to do pressure when they just set their shin and dig it in. It just feels like your legs in a freaking paper cutter. It sucks. Um, all right, next person is the Noguera brothers. I know again I cheated with two here uh, because they both were really good at, with half guard. Um, you know, it little Nog's mobility went faster i mean between him getting hit with the truck early on to you know bob sap and pride i mean let's just face it his trajectory i mean there's a reason why he looked like a 50 
Um, you know, I remember after the Tim Sylvia fight, you know, he was all messed up and he was like, Randy, come fight me. And my friend was just, and my friend was, was just still in shock of the, the finish because he thought Tim Sylvia was going to beat him. And uh, he's like, how did that guy win? Look at his face. He's all, he's all fucked up. And I look at my buddy, Sean. I go, Sean, O'Gara came into this fight with his face looking like that. He goes, that's a good point. <laughs> Jesus, Danny, shit. I'm not Sorry, I love the Noguera brothers. But uh, Little Nog uh, really would get his game kind of, we saw much more through his career demonstration of the half guard game where they would kind of come up like Yen Jacek for the single leg, but would use that momentum counting on a sprawl and an overhook and a head push down reaction from the opponent. They would count on that and do that kind of, you know, the old judo trick, the old counter momentum. I push to pull, you know, give to take. And they would go come up for the single leg and then they would kind of Homer Simpson roll underneath deep half sweep whatever you want to call it um and and they would kind of sweep out of that way Fabricio Verdum also almost made the list because he would do similar and he would just use it to get out of dodge like you would see him do it he'd keep it in his back pocket in the UFC but he did it a lot in strike force Verdum did um I love half guard sorry so I, I could nerd out for a while but I'm gonna end this because it's already 32 minutes and Damian Maya of course that's who I was referring to with Yuan and Jacek, as far as the single leg series, he is the master. The half guard dives, the half guard gives, and the half guard sweeps. So those are the best half guard in MMA, as far as I think. You want Yuan Jacek for defense, uh, Jacare Souza for just kind of launch pad everything, Randy Couture with kind of with Khabib there, as far as grounded pound, um, kind of Khabib there. I'm not trying to. I mean, obviously he's, he's the fucking man at it. Um, Noguera brothers, as far as their deep half sweeps, and Damian Maya for just his half guard master he's, he's the he is the master uh quarantine workout regimens you don't know you know you're not going to get any uh good ones for me i'm just doing stuff for my shoulder and as you can see i'm not the uh, embodiment of fitness you probably want to listen to so i'm going to be hacking away with my um my uh my routine got, got bands body weights um got a couple kettlebells here but uh still not trusting the shoulder enough to use them Please let me know in the comments, what's your workout regime? Give me some uh, advice or in the comments, if you uh, want to add to the list or you strongly disagree to any of my lists, whether it was the re weekly Rex as far as five lightweight fights worth revisiting or the weekly focus MMA's best half guard players. I will, of course, like I do uh, last week and I will do every week, I will tweet these lists. So in case on Twitter, in case you don't want to go through and listen to me rant for a half hour, don't blame you. Um, all right. No more questions in the chat. It's okay. We'll be getting more, hopefully, as these get consistent. I appreciate those of you who dropped in. Uh, I really do appreciate it again. Uh, I'm not going to go back into a full plug, but everything you can find at MixedMartialAnalyst.com, at DanTomMMA, uh, whether you want to go get at me there or, you know, use this comment section. It's probably, probably good, right? I'm a really good YouTuber, you can tell. Yeah, use this comment section. Yeah. That's great. All right, guys. Um, oh, and I want to give a shout out to the MMA betting sharks, uh, a betting community there. More specifically, Tony Casano. I probably put your name, Tony Tone, but you're the man. Uh, we always banter back and forth on the DMs. Uh, he's one of the many listeners that I do that with. Uh, I love talking to you guys, interacting. It really means the world. Uh, Tony also a supporter of the show and this program. And again, if you want to support it, uh, like Tony as well. Um, Maybe in the future I'll do a Patreon when, 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 when all this content gets stacked and I get better at it. I don't feel like I deserve to be charging anybody right now, but I do appreciate your guys' support, even if it's just listening. So shouts, Tony. Shouts to all y'all. And until next time, next week, I should say, we've got top five shows coming your ways between them, but we'll be back at the same time, same bat channel. 
Till next time, take care.